Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. Our first guest for season two, we have Dr. Shad Helmstetter, PhD. He's the best-selling author of more than 25 books in the field of mental health and personal growth, including the classic, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, Negative Self-Talk and How to Change It, and the 365 Days of Positive Self-Talk series. His books are published in over 70 countries. He's the pioneering dean in the field of self-talk. He's the first behavioral researcher to focus on the role of self-talk as a primary programming source that directs our life path and personal effectiveness. And he identified the actual self-talk words and phrases which most impact our individual programming. Based on his research, he produced the first professional self-talk audio programs in 1981. Today, his recorded self-talk programs are listened to daily by thousands of individuals worldwide. Dr. Helmstetter is the founder of the Self-Talk Institute, which teaches individuals to present self-talk trainings to groups and organizations, and the Life Coach Institute, which trains and certifies life and business coaches in the U.S. and internationally. His new Self-Talk Plus app helps people learn positive self-talk via self-talk sessions covering all areas of life, including stress, anxiety, weight loss, self-esteem, relationships, and many, many more. It's for all age groups from younger children and teens to adults and seniors. Thank you so much for joining us. What a relevant conversation. It's my pleasure to be with you. This um, is not necessarily a simple topic. It's a major mindset shift because we talk to ourselves all day long. So I'm really hoping that many are listening and can benefit from this because it, it's, a, it's a big change if you can do it. When I wrote my first book um, more than 35 years ago, I thought that everybody would get it and understand, I don't mean get the book, I mean get the concept of self-talk and fix it within maybe 10 years. And <laughs> here it is almost 40 years later and, and we're still talking about it, but we've also learned a great deal more now from the field of neuroscience about how this thing called self-talk really works and, and why it's important and what we can do about it. Tell me more because we, I mean, we really do talk to ourselves all day long. And for much of my life, I was my biggest enemy in my head. Well, if you grow up in a reasonably positive household, um, during the first 18 years of your life, um, you and I were told no, or what we cannot do or what wouldn't work more than 148,000 times. And that's, that's important because how it works is the brain actually records all of those messages we get. We get uh, messages from other people, of course, from the world around us. And then we get messages from things we say out loud. And we also get messages from the things we think. That's our part of our self-talk. And what we've discovered is that the brain records all of those messages, but the messages we get frequently that are that are repeated most often the brain actually wires those into the structure of our brain in neural networks and those are what we call programs 
And, and the problem is the part of the brain that stores all of those hundreds of thousands of messages that we got and are still getting, the part of the brain that records all those messages doesn't know the difference between something that's true and something that's false or something that's right or wrong or bad or good or positive or negative. It just acts on the programs that we have right now that are strongest. Um, it's been estimated that as much as 77% of the programs that we carry around with us are either negative or counterproductive or work against us. So it's easy to see why we, why we tend to think in the negative and why, why those programs actually control our lives without us even being aware of it. And I do think we are not even aware of it. I mean, so many just simple little things like, uh, you know, getting lost, driving or, you know, anything you can say, why me? Or why did this happen? And I've learned to switch that uh, to like life is an adventure, <laughs> but that took a yeah. lot of work. Yeah. 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 Somebody can say for 35 years, I can't remember names or have the world's worst memory. And I, I just can't remember names. And then, then you go to a party and you meet somebody and you want to remember that person's name. And then 10 seconds later, the name is gone. And you're going through the alphabet trying to remember what it was. And your brain, meanwhile, is saying, see, I did exactly what you told me to do. You've been telling me for 35 years, you can't remember names. Done deal. You've got it. So the, the brain acts on the programs we have that are the strongest. And as much as 90 to 95% of the programs we do have, are hidden from us. So we don't even know what they are. That's of course called our subconscious. And that would be like, that would be like the autopilot of an airplane. So our, our, the, you're on an airplane and you want to fly to Florida. But let's say that the onboard computer is programmed to fly to Boston instead. You're not going to get to Florida. You're going to fly wherever your plane the airplane is programmed to fly to. And that's actually what's happening with us. We wonder why, do, why doesn't life work better? Or why, why are things difficult? Or why do things seem to work against me? Or why don't I reach the goals that I set? So many people think that without being aware or without recognizing that their brain is just following the programs that they gave it or the programs that they got from other people. That's the job of the brain. It doesn't have any choice. So, so my work in self-talk has been to treat, treat our self-talk as a language and then learn to speak the language differently. I first started, my first career was in the field of linguistics. I was a, a Spanish-English interpreter for the United States government in Cuba during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And because I had studied foreign languages, I knew that we, we learn our entire first language uh, without ever going to a day of school, without any practice, uh, um, you know, sitting in a classroom. Uh, we learn it from it. That language was spoken around us in the background. And so we learned to speak our first language as perfectly as the people around us were speaking it. And we learned that without trying to. We heard it in the background. So when I began studying the field of motivational psychology and human behavior, I began to think, what if we've learned a language and what if we've actually learned without thinking about it, a vocabulary of either failure 
or a vocabulary of success or, or something in between. And because I had started out in the field of language, I understood how that worked. And I thought, what if we could change our language? What if we could change our vocabulary? What if people who are getting along better, who are more successful in life, not just financially, but successful in life, what if they're actually thinking and, and speaking and, and directing their lives with a different set of programs? And that turned out to be true. So, and it's so true. You said we're told no so many times, but you know, a child goes towards a hot stove, you scream, you know, no, don't touch that. Yeah. Or, or so many, without thinking about it, people have been told, little kids have been told you're so stupid or you're clumsy or you'll never amount to much or, or you'll never be a, be president or, or who do you think you are? You think you're special. And, and of course the parents are just, the, the parents are just repeating the programs they got. So, so they duplicate those programs and repeat them to their kids. And then their kids get those same programs and then they grow up with them. My, one of my favorite places in the world is the, the newborn nursery in the, the infant nursery in the hospital. And when you go there, you, you, you stand on one side of a, of, a, of a viewing window and you look through the viewing window and there on the other side of the glass are these little precious miracles of life just born and and if they're awake you can actually see their eyes are like searching to live out that incredible potential that they were born with because nobody obviously nobody's born to fail in fact everything about our system is designed to help us succeed and to do very well so no so nobody's born to fail so we see these little infants and they're they're searching for that for that wonderful opportunity of life in front of them and then they get their first programs the first ones probably come from the mother which are good but then in the mother's room in the hospital just after the child is born there's probably a tv set on up in the corner of the room and that's speaking and that's programming and then the child is taken home and then of course the young person begins to grow into an older person. As through childhood, they, they get programs from their friends and from their family and from people at school and then teachers and, and, and today from, from social media and from video games and from everything, everything around them. Their brain is absorbing the programs that each person is getting. And the, the brain is not only absorbing them, but those programs as I said, those programs that are repeated most frequently, the brain is actually wiring those programs in. So that becomes the, the child and then the young person and then the grown-ups. That becomes their belief system. That becomes how they feel about life. That that's, that's what forms how they look at who they are and what they get to do with this incredible life they've been given. So how do we change the negative automatic things. Uh, tell me about this app. <clears throat> well, years ago, because I had been studying foreign languages, I, I went and then began working in the field of self-talk and studying that. And, and after I thought, you know, maybe this is about language. Maybe this is about the language we think in. What if we, what if we listened to a new, more positive language? We now call it positive self-talk. And what if we learned that? And what if we did it exactly the same way we learn to speak a, a new foreign language? 
And as it turned out, it, it that's what that was the most effective way that we had found to help people change their their language. So early on, I recorded many many uh, positive self talk programs. Oh, and a lot of different areas, everything from weight loss to other areas of health and fitness to finances to personal relationships and so on. And people listen to those just like they would listen to a foreign language. They would listen to it and, and in the background, maybe 15 minutes a day and practice it when they could. And so years ago, that's what we started doing. People first listened on cassettes. Those were little <laughs> black plastic things that we used to use. Then, then they listened to self-talk on CDs and then Later on, they listened to self-talk on uh, downloads, and uh, and and now there's fortunately uh, an app that the Self-Talk Institute has has created. That's wonderful because that means you can listen to self-positive self-talk sessions anytime, anywhere, on your phone. So people there. That's why there are thousands of people all over the all over the world now listening to self-talk every day, and it's it's easy to do. You can be doing something else. You don't have to focus on the self-talk while you're listening to it because your brain is listening whether you are or not. And if it's repeated, which the self-talk uh, phrases and programs are, are on those uh, self-talk sessions, they're repeated in a certain way. And just like learning a foreign language, your brain picks it up and, and you begin to think differently. And so fortunately, that whole concept turned out not only to be true, but it turned out to work the way neuroscience now has told us it works. This is really fascinating. We, we used to think that positive thinking, or not I, but a lot of people, even in the field of science, when positive thinking first got popular, there were a lot of people that said, oh, that couldn't, that couldn't really be anything. Positive thinking couldn't amount to anything because words don't really amount to anything. But that was before we could we could see into the human brain while it's operating. Here's what they've learned. This is just amazing. People who th think negatively actually grow more neural networks in the right prefrontal cortex of their brain. So if you reached up and tapped right above your right eyebrow, right behind that, people who think in the negative actually make that part of their brain stronger, structurally larger and stronger. And that part of the brain is the part of the brain that shuts you down and stops you from seeking or finding solutions. It takes you out of action, usually makes you run or hide. So you might even call that the, the, um, the failure part of the brain. On the other hand, people who think and speak in the positive frequently, those people grow more neurons in the left prefrontal cortex of their brain. So that would be right up there. And... Uh, right over the, uh, or behind the, the left eyebrow. And people who think in the positive are actually growing more neural networks into that part of the brain. And that's the part of the brain that helps you seek and find alternatives, find solutions, take action and get things done. So you might say that's where the success, where success lives in the brain. So we now know we can actually watch this happening when people are, are listening to self-talk and are are changing their programs. We can actually watch where that's, what part of the brain is being affected and how that affects their actions and their beliefs and their self-identity. 
Amazing. And I want to reiterate something that I'm glad you clarified. And it's really important. You don't have to dedicate 10 or 15 minutes or an hour to set aside and like extremely focus on this. It's not like a meditation practice where you need complete silence. You can be doing other things and you can have it in the background and your brain just absorbs without you working at it. When that's, that's absolutely true. And when you're listening to positive self-talk, it actually works better to not focus on it. Because if you think about it, when you focus on, on something, um, your brain will, like, let's say that you're listening to self-talk that tells you that you have talents and skills and abilities. And let's say you're focusing on that. Better to just let it play in the background and let, let your brain hear that. Because if you start focusing, your old negative programs are going to say, wait a minute, that's not true. Um, I, I don't have that many talents or I don't have many, that many skills. So you end up being your worst critic. So yeah, it works best just to let the self-talk, the positive self-talk play in the background and your brain will pick it up and you'll start to, you'll start to find it comes back out in your everyday life. People, other people will notice there's a difference in you and they, they ask you, what have you been doing? You're, you're, you seem happier or things are working better. What, what's going on? And you can attribute it to, I'm learning to change my self-talk. So fascinating because I thought it was, you know, changing the sentences we speak. Like I said, you know, why me to, into, you know, what fun, you know, what adventure, what lesson can I learn? I thought it was a concrete practice. So that's fascinating and simple for anyone of any age, like you said, um, children, adults together. Correct. Yes. In fact, there are even self-talk programs that are, are written for little kids, real little ones, and then older kids too, of course. I had this, I had this uh, theory or this idea when my two sons, are, they're grown now, but when they were very young, <clears throat> very young, and I was studying this thing called self-talk, and I got this notion that what if I couldn't talk to my kids for a month? And instead of talking to them, what if I had to walk up to them, and, and each one of them had a little bitty uh, computer keyboard strapped to their little bitty chest, and that computer keyboard was, was plugged right into their brain. And on the top, I, this is what I imagine, on the top of that keyboard that my little boys were, would be wearing, there was a sign that said, Dad, Mom, everything you type into my keyboard will be recorded in my brain and stored for life and acted on as though it's true please be careful. So when I thought of that, I realized there are a lot of things. Now, I, I, never, I never spoke badly to my kids, but I realized you would never walk up to your kid's keyboard and type in you're so stupid or you're not good enough or you'll never amount to anything. And I realized that if we did that in our minds instead of on a keyboard, we would literally change how we, how we help bring our kids up in the world with an attitude that would help them succeed instead of an, uh, an attitude that would help them fail. That's amazing. I can picture that now. I will, I will permanently have that picture in my mind. And it's true. We, even, even when we're not directly talking to kids, they're little sponges too. talk about absorbing, you know, this while it's in the background, kids absorb everything. So they hear even when we're not talking to them. So that's, that's great. I love that. Um, what other suggestions or or thoughts do you want listeners to know? 
you can begin practicing and working at this even before you start listening to self-talk, to positive self-talk programs. Uh, you can, the first thing to do is to monitor your own self-talk. And we're not used to doing that. So it takes, we don't have the habit of listening to what we're saying. And we certainly don't have the habit of listening to what we're thinking to know whether it's positive or negative. But if you had somebody walk, go around with you for a month and record everything you said, and they couldn't record what you were thinking, but they could at least record what you were saying out loud. And then at the end of that month, you had them type it all out and make a transcription of everything you'd said for a month, and then circle in, get a yellow highlighter and circle everything you said that you repeated frequently. You would have a perfect picture of your self-talk as it is today. Mm -hmm. So you'd know what you want to work on. Um, of course, we don't do that, but we, we, can, we can do something like that by getting in the habit, takes a, some time to create a habit of this, but to listen to everything you say with the idea in mind, are my words wiring my brain to succeed or are my words wiring my brain to fail? So the next step you would do, of course, is to edit. We all have the ability to stop what we were about to think and what we were about to say and turn it around. And when people do that, let's say I used earlier the example of uh, someone who couldn't remember names. Let's say that, that, that you, you meet somebody and instead of thinking, I can't remember names, you, you think, I'm good at, I'm good, I have a great memory. I'm good at remembering names. I'm interested in people. I'm observant. I listen to them. I'm great at remembering what, who they are and, and I can remember names well. So when you first start saying that, that would be positive self-talk your brain is going to say, oh, come on, you're kidding yourself. You're lying to me. That's not true. But actually, it's, you've been lying to yourself for 30 years saying that. Now you're actually turning it around and setting the record straight. So editing is fun. I really like editing. Um, I seldom use myself as, as an example, but I cannot any longer imagine myself getting up on some Monday, Monday morning and saying, it's going to be another blue Monday, I, or it's another bad day, or, or things aren't working out right for me. I can't even ma imagine thinking that, let alone saying that. But when you start, at first, it'll feel like you're kidding yourself. But that's okay. You've been kidding yourself until now. Now you're just setting the record straight. So, so monitor your self-talk, edit your self-talk, and listen to self-talk. The best way we've ever learned is, is listening. And I I don't like to be commercial, um, but I'm sure proud of the fact that many years ago, I decided to start recording self-talk programs for people because it's helped a lot of people change their self-talk and it's easy to do. It's wonderful that you, because now recordings are everything, um, even more than they were, you know, downloading and having audible things. So what is, we'll put all of this in the show notes so people will have access to the links, but what is the best, how do people access that? Um, that app and your books? Uh, go to selftalkplus, selftalkplus.com. And that's where you would go to get the app and to get started. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I hope everyone out there can learn something and will start positive self-talking <laughs> today. Um, at Say it again, positive it's self-talk plus. Self -talk. So just think of self-talk and then plus, selftalkplus.com. Selftalkplus.com. 
And this is our first episode where we are having two episodes a week. So until next time, always be ruthless. And thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.